everyone. Thank you for listening to Pragmatic Podcast with Pipo. First of all, I want to thank you all for listening, sharing these podcasts, and uh, the kind messages and feedback that you've be, uh, been giving me. So, thank you. I feel that we're reaching people, um, and these um, episodes are really helping some, or at least educating some as far as uh, the different topics that we talk about. Today I'm going to talk about taking control. And the context is, once again, autism. We often are looking for resources and therapies And unfortunately, the things that are less talked about are the what's happening to the adults and children with autism that have very little ability to, to verbally communicate what's going on when they're not with you, with the caretaker. And often, they're off in school where we would assume these human beings, vulnerable human beings, are safe, being cared for. Protocols, procedures, policies are being followed. However, we read, hear of stories that are just horrendous. Uh, the latest one that actually... I can't even begin to explain the video that I watched, a uh, surveillance video. But it's a principal, a principal being the head of a school who's been in education, or at least in that school district in California for 15 years. This is a grown man shoving, violently shoving, a nine-year-old autistic kid. And there were other adults around. The child was only nine years old. I would say he was probably half the size, at best, to the principal. And because he pointed his finger at the principal twice... He shoved him in the chest area so hard, the child falls to the ground. I can't imagine what the parents of that child or the caretaker felt after watching the video. And speaking of the video, it took a while for them to gain access to the video, which is very common in these situations. The police were made aware that this principal assaulted this child. The principal's white, the child is black. Police, and this is the police chief admitting to this, had this report, but failed to act. This happened back in June. The principal, once he found out he was being investigated, he left and got a job at a different school district as a vice principal. 
once again, just like people in uh, education or law enforcement, there is no hub. There is no database where you can scan someone. Of course, you can do background checks, but unless they've been convicted or licenses taken away, you're probably not going to find much. So this child, vulnerable child with special needs, was assaulted by a principal. And this is not an isolated incident. This happens way, way, way too much. Once is too much. So what do I mean by take control? Well, you talk to professionals. As you know, on this podcast, we talk about, you know, just being pragmatic, right? Um, things that you may not hear through professionals. Um, you hire lawyers, you have the art meetings, you have all kind of IEPs in place, which you should. However, you may need to take a more aggressive approach. And my hope by having this podcast is so that, not so that you can do what I'm saying, but just to kind of open the dialogue. Maybe after this, listening to this podcast, you'll sit around a family table and discuss, could we do this? And I'll give a, a, a very basic example. You know, there's a theory out there that being in a traditional school setting, of course, the social interaction, so on and so forth, is good for a child with special needs. Could be true. However, be realistic and you know your child. Sometimes the autism is not even detectable, right, by a third party. However, if if it's so serious, if the neurological damage is so serious that your child can never re live independently or benefit from the social interactions, you're, you know, by them being in, even in public, they may have other health issues and it's compromising that. Um, they can't talk, so they can't tell you what's going on. Um, and I've seen students that really have had severe, severe, severe challenges where you pretty much know no amount of therapy, no amount of education, no amount of. And when we say education, I mean, the things being done for these children are very, very, very elementary. Um, not even that. So if you know for a fact your child, even the adult, cannot benefit from the school. I get that a parent, a guardian may need to go to work, may not have the luxury of hiring someone. Even hiring someone could be dangerous, right? How about staying home with that individual? Easier said than done. I get it. I get it. But again, my intention is to at least have that dialogue. 
what can you give up to be able to stay home? If it's a two-parent home or if you have siblings helping out, could you work different shifts? Could you work a job that allows you to work from home and you don't have that travel time and then someone else covers while you're working? Is there a way? Have you looked to see if there's a path? Have you looked at your finances to see, oh, I can take this away, take that away and be able to take a different job to be able to do this? Because the alternative is tragic, as we've seen often. When a child cannot come to you and say, Mr. or Miss X hurt me, or they didn't give me my medication, or they locked me in a room, or even worse, they hit me. Sometimes you can take cues. You can look at, you know, any bruising or what have you. How about if you can't? I would highly recommend at least having that dialogue. Now, if your child is benefiting from school, great. If it's a great fit for them, this is fantastic. If they can at least tell you what's going on, not in, even in great detail, but even in, you know, John Doe hurt me, you know, just simple Communication. Locked in room. Locked in closet. Anything. Maybe. That setting is good. If your child is a runner. Likes to elope. And it's happened before. Could you maybe look at an uh, at an alternative? Could at least have this dialogue. And I'm sure you've had these dialogues if you're impacted by this. It's not to take away from anything you've done. But we continue to hear these tragic stories. Horrific videos. To the point where you can't even finish reading it. Or watching some news clip. And I've talked to many people. That are impacted by this because they have someone with special needs, or they work in that field in any in some capacity. But often, there's this dissonance between parents and educators, or the parents are trying to overcompensate to try to make the teachers be on good terms with them, or the aides... Does it really work? 
And I know we often think public servants, teachers, aides, nurses, doctors, military, police. And you can say, yep, rightfully so. But I would also say that we also need to to hold people accountable for the job that they've chosen. They're not doing you a favor. They're doing a job that they're paid for. So let's make sure we're holding those individuals accountable. If the job is not met. Laws really don't protect you that much. There's so many things that give them impunity that it, it's very hard to hold someone accountable legally. But holding someone accountable legally is after a fact. So what can we do to ensure these bad things don't happen? And rewinding back to what I said earlier, evaluate your child. You know your child as much as you'd like to in five years, in 10 years, 20 years. Will the condition improve to the point where you can say, oh yeah, all of that elementary, middle school, high school education or taking them there was worth it for the child. I get this is not easy. I get this is a tough pill to swallow. I get it. The only thing I hope this podcast, this particular episode, will do is just give that dialogue that much more muscle behind it. Just a little bit more conversations about this. And instead of scratching the surface, really digging deep and seeing what can be done. What could you change? What could you modify? If you do not know, if you can't say with 100% certainty that you know what's happening at the schools, you know what's happening at the uh, daycares or daycares or um, um, as far as adult daycares, um, then even 1%. It's too much, right? So if you're at 99%, usually those are good odds, right? Have this conversation. Have this conversation. I've talked to enough parents and educators to say have this conversation. You can ask for daily records. Well, you're going to be told 
whatever they want you to know at the end of the day. You can't go back and fact check it, right? Are you going to request to view surveillance videos every day? They're going to fight that. They're not going to let you. So unless you can say with 100% certainty that every safety protocol, every care, every um, educational um, need and benefit is being given to your child from the time you drop them off till the time you pick them up. And if they ride a bus, from the time you hand them off to the bus driver until they bring them back. I've even heard stories about things happening on the buses. So please take a moment, maybe this evening, this weekend, and have that hard conversation. What can you give up to ensure if, if school's not a good setting for your child, what can you give up? What can you do? What should you do to be able to provide care for your child? Often people are quick to say they love an individual. Oh, we love this kid. We love that kid, right? But if they did, I mean, these things wouldn't happen. Or maybe they're overwhelmed, right? So love doesn't, you know, it's, it's not action. You know, it's not, doesn't give you an ex extra set of hands and eyes. So as much as they may have good intentions, they may not be able to execute, especially now with COVID. If I'm not mistaken, I believe I heard a number as high as 300,000 teachers are needed in the United States. They're short by about 300,000. Someone gets COVID, they miss work, and that work is where your child is going to school. What happens? Can a substitute do what your teacher that knows your child, can they pick up on all of that immediately and do what they need to do? So please have this conversation and I'm sure you've had it a million times. But my hope is to hope to just give it a different spin, the urgency, the emergency that, that it is. This is a greater pandemic than COVID. before I end this episode even if you don't have and some of my listeners have shared with me oh you know this didn't directly impact me but I'm glad I listened to it because it taught me xyz whatever maybe even if you don't have a loved one with autism Learn about it. 
teach your children about it so they can champion some of these causes. So they can be a voice to the most vulnerable. If anything, it humbles you. If anything, it pushes you to do good and makes you appreciate what you have. When you see a child unable to speak, and you realize you're on the phone talking to someone, maybe your child, you'll appreciate it that much more. As always, thank you for tuning in, tuning in, and um, feel free to share this podcast. And if you have any questions or would like to give feedback, you can send it to me at the Pragmatic Podcast with Peepo Facebook page, or you can uh, put a comment on this episode. Be sure to follow so that way you're notified of the next episode and have a great evening.